Hello, this is Yusra from newsroundy.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 9th of February. According to the Union Health Ministry, India recorded 71,365 new COVID-19 cases on Wednesday, taking the total tally of infections to 4.24 crore since the beginning of the pandemic in January 2020. The official death toll rose to 5.05 lakh with 1,217 deaths added to the record in the last 24 hours. The toll includes 591 backlog deaths that Kerala has added to its tally of fatalities on Tuesday. The country has administered more than 170 crore vaccine doses so far under the nationwide vaccination drive and India's recovery rate has slightly improved to 96.70%. The World Health Organization on Tuesday stated that since the Omicron variant has been labeled a variant of concern in November, globally 5 lakh COVID-19 deaths have been recorded. According to Associated French Press, the global health body called this and I quote, beyond tragic. The World Health Organization also issued a warning stating that Omicron would not be the last variant of concern and that the next variant of concern was likely to be more transmissible thereby cautioning against complacency in following covid appropriate protocols. Globally, the coronavirus has infected more than 400 million people and caused 5.76 million deaths according to Johns Hopkins University. Releasing its third manifesto for the Uttar Pradesh State Assembly elections today, Congress Party General Secretary Priyanka Gandhi Vadra announced that if voted to par, the Congress will waive all farm loans within 10 days of forming the government. NDTV reported. Vadra claimed that the manifesto was entirely based on the suggestions from the public at large, addressing the concerns of farmers, COVID warriors, teachers, and medium-scale enterprises. The manifesto had identified unemployment and inflation as the biggest challenges for Uttar Pradesh. She said that the Congress promises to reduce electricity bills by half and waive off dues incurred during the pandemic. While in terms of employment, the party promises to clear the backlog of 12 lakh posts in the public sector including police, healthcare and education. It also promises to create 8 lakh more jobs. The Hindustan Times reported. The party leader has also promised to withdraw all false cases registered against journalists if voted to par. Uttar Pradesh is set to go to polls for its assembly election in seven phases starting tomorrow on the 10th of February to the 7th of March. Results are scheduled to be announced on the 10th of March. Speaking of election manifestos, election season is in full swing and so are our reporters. Our reporters are already on ground working on bringing to you stories that matter to the public so that you can hold those in power responsible and make informed decisions. You can find all our video and ground reports under the tag Assembly Elections 2022 on our website newslaundry.com. If you like what we do, then support us. Head over to newslaundry.com and contribute to our latest NL Sena project that will fund our election coverage. Also, consider subscribing to us. Press that subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of the website, hold those in part to account and pay to keep news free. In case you missed it, News Laundry completed 10 years this week. And to celebrate this journey, we have commissioned two limited edition pieces of art. These two pieces will be up for auction only for our subscribers on the 13th of February. You can check out the details on newslaundry.com/decadalartauction. Today during the hearing of petitions challenging the legality of the hijab ban in educational institutions in Karnataka, the Karnataka High Court instead of passing a verdict, referred the matter to a larger bench, live law reported. Considering the enormity of questions of importance, Justice Krishna Dikshit said that the papers should be put before the Chief Justice of India to decide regarding the formation of a larger bench. 
On February 5th, the Karnataka government had passed an order that barred students from wearing clothes that, quote, disturb equality, integrity and public order, unquote. Students had petitioned in the High Court challenging this ban. The Karnataka police also banned gatherings, agitations or any other forms of protest within 200 metres of educational institutions today, ANI reported. The order is set to remain in effect for the coming two weeks. Meanwhile, earlier today, while addressing the ongoing hijab row in Karnataka that has infamously garnered international attention, Congress leader Priyanka Gandhi Vadra said, and I quote, Whether it is a bikini, a ghungat, a pair of jeans or a hijab, it is a woman's right to decide what she wants to wear, unquote. The Indian Express reported. In context of the ongoing controversy about certain colleges in Karnataka not allowing Muslim women wearing headscarves into classrooms, Vadra asserted that it was a right guaranteed by the Indian constitution. The hijab row escalated into violence on Tuesday with reported incidents of stone pelting and use of force by police and protests by students spread to more colleges, forcing the state government to declare a three-day holiday for all educational institutions. The hijab controversy first erupted in January at a government PU college in Udupi, where six students attending classes wearing a headscarf were asked to leave campus, stating that they were in violation of the stipulated dress code. As the controversy spread and Muslim girls came out in protest in different parts of the state, some Hindu students too responded by turning up in saffron shawls. The standoff is said to have taken a political colour with the ruling BJP in support of uniform-related rules being enforced by educational institutions, whereas Congress in the opposition has come out in support of Muslim girls. In a bid to protest the Maharashtra government's announcement of the new wine policy, anti-corruption activist Anna Hazare announced today that he will go on an indefinite strike from February 14th, PTI reported. At an annual licensing fee of Rs 5,000, the policy seeks to allow the sale of wine at walk-in stores and supermarkets. In the letter addressed to Chief Minister Uddhav Thakre, Hazare accused the Maharashtra government of taking the decision solely in the interests of wine growers and sellers and as a means of growing the state's revenue. Hazare complained that the decision would adversely affect children, young people and women. A Padma Bhushan awardee, Hazare has gone on several hunger strikes before to oppose corruption in the society. The Mahavikas Aghadi government, of which Shiv Sena is a part, states that the wine policy is directed towards ensuring a more accessible marketing channel for Indian wineries and is to benefit farmers. Meanwhile, the Bharatiya Janata Party has opposed the wine policy too, accusing the state government of promoting liquor in Maharashtra. Late last night, the automobile manufacturer Honda issued an apology on behalf of tweets by their Pakistani units that came out in support of separatism in Kashmir, Scroll.in reported. Honda joins a list of other global firms like Domino's, Kentucky Fried Chicken, Pizza Hut, Hyundai, Toyota and Suzuki, who had to also apologise for their posts on social media made by their business partners from across the border on February 5th, which is observed as Kashmir Solidarity Day in Pakistan. These posts had expressed solidarity with Kashmiri brothers and sisters, resulting in a social media backlash in India and threats of a commercial boycott. In its apology statement, Honda expressed regret for any hurt caused to this effect and reasserted its deep commitment to complying with laws and sentiments of every country it operates in. Meanwhile, the Indian government on Tuesday summoned South Korea's ambassador to express displeasure about the post by a Pakistani partner of Hyundai Motor supporting the liberation of Kashmir. The South Korean firm's Indian unit had then issued a statement in response stating that it deeply regrets the offence caused due to what it calls an unauthorised tweet. 
According to official figures of the country's disaster management agency, at least 14 people have been killed and 35 injured after a landslide destroyed several homes in central Colombia, Al Jazeera reported. The landslide took place in Dos Quebradas on Tuesday, close to the city of Perira, following heavy rainfall recorded in the surrounding coffee-growing province. The National Unit of Management of Risks and Disasters of Colombia deployed rescue teams to dig out through the mud and search for survivors. With the nearby Autumn River overflowing, dozens of nearby homes were also evacuated by the concerned authorities. Owing to its mountainous terrain, frequent heavy rainfall and informally constructed house structures, Colombia is prone to frequent landslides. In a landslide disaster in 2017, more than 320 people were killed in the city of Mokua, Colombia. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.